What could you possibly cook with these ingredients? You've got fried gluten with peanuts, leeks. There's also scallops and a chai tea latte. In the time that it will take you to think of an answer for that, Chef Mamba Hamisi, the co-owner of Detroit's Baobab Fair, could whip up a five-star dish for you. They make you taco with leeks and uh, scallop with uh, chai latte. In Africa, you cannot go without hot sauce. So I get you guys hot sauce and ketchup, so then you can dip in if you want. We know this for certain because Chef Mamba turned it around recently on a recent episode of the show, Chopped. It's kind of shocking to me because I, I'm eating the sauce and I like it. The beauty of East African cooking is that it's surprising. It's, you don't know. You, you, go, you wake up in the morning, you go to the market, what you find to the market, that's what you want to cook that day. Chopped is always our life. Today, Chef Mamba on why being who you are and knowing what you know is sometimes the key to getting through a completely unfamiliar situation. This is Stateside. I'm April Bear. Chopped is a competition cooking show in which a constellation of totally weird ingredients are set before hardworking chefs to see what they can come up with. And Mamba made a sweet and spicy scallop and leek taco that was so delectable and so complex, it won him $10,000. Chef Mamba, you are the Chopped champion. Congratulations! Chef Mamba Hamisi is the co-owner and head chef at Baobab Fair, along with his wife, Nadia. Mamba, welcome back to Stateside, and congratulations. Thank you so much for having me again, April. How did you get on the show? Did, did you call them, or did they call you? They caught us. So there was a little bit, uh, they didn't know who's going, either me or Nadia. And then they called after we were the best new restaurant in the country by the Ida magazine last year. So they called, and then it was like, okay, it's one of you want to go to the show, and then Obviously, I was not the first one to go. So because Nadia, she's better, she's better cook and better chef than I, I am. Oh. So I was like, yeah, Nadia, she has to go. And I was like, okay. She said, no, 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 no. This is not, I cannot do this. I was like, okay. <laughs> I feel like if you go, you you can you can perform better than I do. I was like, no, 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 no. I cannot do that. I was like, okay, let me try. And I was like, uh, I don't think it's a great idea me going. But after two days, I thought about it. I get it a lot of times to think about. It's like, you know what? I have a lot of things to share with the people. This is a great platform that we can tell our story. We can talk about Detroit. We can talk about Burundi. And then that was my motivation going there. I was like, my day, the bureau, the first day of bureau, that is where I'm going to focus. I'm going to tell my story because I know that I'm going to be disqualified for the first run. So, Wow. But you weren't. You know, I, I kind of feel like now I want to see the show that would have been if Nadia had gone. <laughs> you did you did excellent, of course. But wow, that's uh, I didn't realize that you initially wanted her to go. Mm. You know, the other the other thing that I wondered about these shows is people who who watch them. It's you know, it's sort of a reality TV style competition. And you get to watch chefs do a number of different challenges over the course of a one hour episode. But how are they actually shot and put together? Like, do you have any time to think as they present the ingredients to you? Or is it really just, okay, here it is, go? Yeah, I think that is where uh, it's tricky. 
by the time you open your basket, the time you start running. So that's the only time that you don't repeat any movements. So as you know, uh, as as you know, you know, broadcast there is a lot of uh, technique behind. There is a lot of movement that you can repeat. But the thirty minutes or twenty minutes they give you for the that time doesn't stop. You don't repeat anything at that time. So that's keep going. So anything you do there, they don't want to repeat it. They're gonna you're gonna show it. They say exactly the same thing. Wow. And then that is where you don't even realize that you're in the studio because you don't care about what's going on. You don't care what is around. You don't care about the camera. You are being in another element. So your mind, your body, your everything, your spirit is in that dish that you are cooking. Right. Do they shoot the episodes back to back, or do you just perhaps do one per day? It's one per day. So they 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 you get in the studio around five a.m. and depend how long we want to stay in the competition. So like for for me and my competitors who were in the final. So both of us were we we were there from five in the morning to around nine nine thirty p.m. So it was a long day. For those who have never seen the show, what happens is in each round, you are introduced to a new ingredient and, you know, in some cases, many ingredients that chefs have not used before. And sometimes these are highly prepared foods. It's not just a raw ingredient like an olive or corn. But, I mean, you had to use you. <laughs> there was this, there was this element of beef stroganoff <laughs> that, that was that came into it, and there are some foods like spam that crop up in the show that are just very, very specific. When you were given this ingredient list of scallops and ostrich and yeast extract spread, what was going through your head? So first of all, they, they didn't show it. And many people doesn't even know that when I was cooking the ostrich until like five minutes, I finished, you know, we had 30 minutes until 25, fifth minute. In my mind, I was cooking a beef meat because I was so nervous. I didn't even heard that they are saying that is ostrich. And then for after like 25 minutes cooking already, and then someone say like ostrich, I was like, wait, 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 wait. Am I cooking ostrich right now? <laughs> All this time I'm cooking ostrich. I was like, wow. Okay. I went to read to make sure on the package, it'll say ostrich meat. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I was like, I'm done. So I tested. I was like, oh, this is great. I'm keeping going. I'm keep moving on. I was like, this is great. It's, I like it. This is the best. So, and again, these ingredients are very, you don't know what is there. And then, 90% of the all those ingredients that were there, I never saw them before. I never cooked them before. I didn't have any idea about this. It's not even my technique. Simple heavy cream. In my mind, I'd never cook with, you know, dairy. We don't cook in African, uh, East African, Burundian uh, cuisine. We don't cook with, with dairy. It's not something that we cook with most mm -hmm. of the time. The only thing close to that is butter, the salt. But heavy cream, in my mind, I was like, oh, this is... I think I say like cheesecake or cheese something. I say something cheesecake. I don't know what I was saying. To tell you that my mind was, I was I would um, test everything in the basket before I can run to make sure what I'm, so to get idea what is close to this ingredient that I'm familiar with. So then I can make that dish which is close to that. Like for example, on uh, scallops, I never cooked scallop before. I've eaten them, but I was like, okay, what is this? I smell them as, oh, this is like a fish. Okay, let me approach it as a fish. Simple technique to use fish. If you go with uh, garlic and then the acidity of lemon, 
you're killing it. Yeah. Great. You can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with that. And then leeks, I consider them as onion. Let's go with onion. And that's all. That's how it was in my mind. I was like, let me approach this ingredient as something that I'm familiar with. So that's gain confidence. Yeah. We need to take a quick break. Back in just a minute. Support for Michigan Public's stateside podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. Support for the Stateside Podcast comes from Kalamazoo College, offering a personalized education that combines critical thinking, curiosity, and creativity. Committed to preparing students for meaningful careers that make a positive impact on the world. More at kzoo.edu. Was there anything that you were that you had to use in the episode that you would like to try again sometime? Everything, everything. I think like I'm trying to see for so as maybe uh, so. Then after winning the ten thousand, I give it to Freedom House, and then because we we are raising more than ten thousand, we are raising one hundred twenty, so we can build a kitchen. So I'm gonna do the same dish. Everything that I made on chopped of a dinner so we can sell tickets so people can experience everything I made from the show, from the you know um appetizer, uh uh the main dish and dessert. So everything I made I want to make it again so then I can give people experience so people can buy tickets, all the money can go to 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 support the 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 campaign that we started to build a kitchen. I think people will come for sure. <laughs> for those who missed it, yes, Mamba did just tell us that he donated his $10,000 chopped prize to Freedom House Detroit and to Burundi Kids. I mean, we knew you were a good guy, Mamba, but I mean, seriously, that's that's very generous of you. Will you tell us a little bit about these two organizations and what they do? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So these are two close, you know, uh, organization to us, you know, uh, let me start with Burundi Kids. So Burundi Kids is a nonprofit in Burundi that has created uh, a shelter for younger women who get pregnant. Sometimes they are raped or get, you know, violated by people and then they run away because sometimes they have their close to the government. You know, they these younger women, they find themselves in this situation. So this they created a shelter where they can have them so they can send them back to school or they can train them to do something like sewing, yeah, it's a different um, job. And then they send their kids at school. So at night, they're coming back at the shelter, they can live together. So this is an opportunity for moms, an opportunity for kids as well. It's very, very important for us because that is one of the reasons that even we are here as refugees, because this is the fight that we've been fighting for a long time. Nadia, she was a Roman rights uh, activist on the same cause. And then again, you find, you you think like we have two daughters. It's like, okay, we maybe Kenza and Diaz, our daughters will be in this situation. So it's very, very close to us. And Freedom House is a shelter that we lived in, me and Nadia here in Detroit. Our kids were born while living there. So they just move in a new building, you know, and then that building doesn't have a kitchen. And it's very, this is an emergency, something that we think like we couldn't, where we are right now, couldn't be here today without Freedom House. And then I know 
there is a lot of talent in Freedom House, and I think they deserve to have at least a kitchen. Yeah. During the episode, you mentioned that sugar is is very expensive in Burundi. So, like, this is not a staple of cooking for desserts. In Burundi, sugar is very expensive, and I have very little experience with my dessert. Can you tell us about what kind of sweet dishes or desserts we'd be more likely to find in Burundi or other parts of East Africa? So, dessert is not in our cooking, or is not is not something that you we have. Yeah. So, because as I said. Sugar is very expensive. It's not something that you can afford. So we don't, dessert doesn't even exist. I would say there is no dessert. That's the answer. But you can have like donut, like the mandazi, which is like African donut. It does have some sugar, but it's not something that you get every day. You know, it's something occasionally when it's like big day, that's why you can eat the donut. Other than that, there is no, there's no dessert in the, in Burundian, in Burundian uh, cuisine. Are there things that people might eat sweetened with fruits or vegetables? Yes. Yeah, we use a lot of fruit and vegetables. So we use our, on our dessert side or something which close to sweet is just fruit. You know, a lot of mangoes. Uh, we have a lot of uh, pineapples. We have a lot of uh, passion fruits. So it's more, I would say, like the, what is close is more smoothies and juices instead of having dessert. You know, I can't think if I if I saw desserts on the menu at Baobab Fair the last time I was there. I mean, is this something that you and Nadia, you know, that you try to do or or that is more difficult to just incorporate into the menu? Yeah, because everybody was like, oh, man, you can't. America, they, you have to have something sweet. You have to have a dessert. <laughs> I was like, what, what is close to what is close to Burundian, you know? And then that's how we came with the tamu, which is just avocado and passion fruit. That's all on chia seed on top. So very simple. It's avocado and passion fruit. Coming with that one, I was like, okay, if you have avocado, the thickness and the oily and the acidity from the passion fruit, that's the best dessert you can have. That's how we came out with that one. But again, now we are developing that side because I think there is a lot of opportunities using African fruit or you know African ingredient to bring more dessert. And now we have coco mango, which is a uh, the coconut cream on 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 the bottom, and then you have a uh, mango chunk, and then on top of it, so we have um, coconut um, flakes. So it's more like you. It's exactly the same thing that we have, same ingredient that we have in Africa, but you make a dessert from it. And then we are working on another one. It's coming soon. So we get uh, cacao from Tanzania. So we are trying to bring something. We are using some cacao, so to bring, but we're gonna again using the same ingredient that we we have in. You can find in Burundi. Sure. Was anyone back at home in Burundi able to catch the episode? This is a Food Network show, but I've got to believe that that there was there was enough internet distribution that people who wanted to could watch. No, yeah. So I think people, the, our Burundian diaspora in Canada and in, in the state, so they they can they watch they, they can watch it. But uh, people back home, they we never get a chance to you know upload it or we can share with them. So that's challenging. I, I wish they could see, but I'm I'm sure like one day they're gonna get a chance to to watch it. Yeah, and then again, I was so proud because I I'm sure like a lot of people will be inspired you know, by what I did at, in, at Chopped. And the, I, I feel like the same thing is like, okay, nobody, nobody have done that before. Nobody have 
I've done it from Burundi. I was like, okay, I'm the first one, but I'm not the last one. Yeah, for sure. What about your Michigan audience? Have you seen any bump in the business since the episode went live? Yeah, we, we had crazy, you know, we had a crazy weekend. People come to support, people still supporting right now. And then again, this is unbelievable. This is something that we opened last two years ago because we had a lot of expenses in the middle of the pandemic. We was like, okay, we don't want to close our door before even we open. And then now we have like this, all this exposure, attention and love. It's it's just unbelievable. We are so, so grateful and thankful for what is happening for, to, to us right now. You know, Mamba, there, there are some fans of the show who watch to actually, uh, you know, to better understand cooking techniques and to think about seasoning combinations in a little bit different way. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice if someone is, is trying a, an East African approach to cooking for the first time? Are there essential things that people should know? No, I think that, that the, the beauty of East African cooking or the beauty of African cooking is that it's surprising <laughs> because you go in the market, you don't know what's going to happen. And so the easy technique is what? So you have to combine one thing. So if it's something that has like smell, like a uh, strong smell as um, a fish or goat, easy way, cut it with uh, lemon. Cut it with lemon. And um, if you don't have a lot of ingredients, it's lemon and garlic. Those two ingredients is a game changer, right? And if you want something like crispy, you know, it's it's easy. Just pan fry it. That's all. Simple thing. That's what we do at Barbafe. At Barbafe, we don't have 100 ingredients. We don't have 100 things. It's like, but again, the secret is timing. Marinate your fish, marinate your meat. Take your time at least 24 hours and stay in front of your pot so you can check every single. Don't rush anything because you need those flavors to get in the in your meat. I would say that's the only technique is that like take take time to marinate your 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 meat, your fish, and then yeah, that's all. If you marinate right, that's you can't go wrong with that. It's really really good to talk to you, Chef Mamba, and so great to hear you doing well. No, thank you so much, April. This is uh, this means a lot, and thank you for everything. Yeah. And that's the Stateside Podcast. I'm April Bear. You can find full Stateside episodes for streaming at michiganradio.org. Today's podcast episode was produced by April Van Buren. Other producers on our show are Mike Blank, Ronia Cabansag, and Mercedes Mejia. Our podcast producer is Rachel Ishikawa. Our executive producer is Laura Weber-Davis. Music from this episode comes from Blue Dot Sessions. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Rebecca Williams. I'm Lester Graham. We've been working on a big project about Great Lakes birds called the Bird Connection. It will look at ducks and trumpeter swans. Egrets and herons. And piping plovers. Yes! We'll discuss what we've discovered at a Michigan Public Issues and Ale event. Including how some problems for birds are problems for people. It's at Arbor Brewing Company in Ypsilanti the evening of May 21st at 7. You can register at michiganpublic.org.